Hey guys, thank you for incorporating these notes into your notes. Uh, today we're gonna take a look, a very simplistic look at the Great Depression. Um, I hope to have some good discussion in class and if I confuse you about anything, you know, please don't hesitate to ask. Um, but basically, you know, the idea of a depression is not anything new. Um, the, the, you know, what, what makes this, you know, capital G, capital D, Great Depression is, you know, how long it lasted and its uh, severity. Um, just in case you've um, figured it out, we're talking about the Great Depression that um, started in October of 1929, and I'm going to present to you two causes, two main causes of the Great Depression. And the first one isn't probably as familiar, and basically um, the Europeans were relying on a lot of imports because left over from the First World War. You know, their territory around everything was destroyed. And so um, Europeans were relying on North America and South America for imports. Well, the, here's the deal. Uh, European production returned by 1927. It was not, that was shocking. It wasn't expected that they would, you know, bounce back that quickly. And then the second cause is, of course, the main trigger cause. And I think you're all very familiar with this. But basically, um, this is the stock market crash. And, you know, prices valued higher than the real value. Then the prices dropped. There's mass panic. Um, you know, people buying on credit, people buying stock on credit. Um, just a complete, complete disaster. And um, why this is you know, worldwide, why this is so incredibly important is its, its impact. Um, world economies were completely linked through international businesses. Um, think of the Dawes plan. The Germans were relying completely on foreign investment. Um, this completely destroys the Dawes plan. But this also coincides with the rise of Hitler. Um, you know, that, the, you know the, the happy days, you know, with the Lasarno Pact and all, you know, let's make Kellogg Briand, let's make war illegal. This fragile optimism completely gone with the Great Depression. Unemployment through the roof. Um, in Germany, 43%. Britain, 18%. In the United States, we're at 25%. And so I hope, you know, this is a world history class that you, you recognize that this was a truly international, global uh, impact. So how, um, you know, how did countries deal with the Depression? I just want to quickly go over a couple examples. But in... Um, in America, we had um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He was he was elected as president, and he introduced what's known as the New Deal. And these were basically public works projects to provide jobs, um, a social security system, expansion of the military, and what's really really important. And some of you probably know this name is uh, uh, John Manyard Keynes or Keynesian economics, and he is uh, one of the most respected economists in uh, in the world. And he object, uh, uh, object, objected to the reparations that were placed on Germany. You know, he's like, dude, this is, this is impossible for them to pay, to pay back. Um, and, you know, he, he emphasized the importance of governmental control during a Great Depression. The importance of government in, involvement to, he believed 100% in free markets, but he believed that employment is necessary and it's the government's job to make this happen. Um, so what's going on in the Scandinavian countries? They went kind of full-blown socialist um, to deal with the Great Depression. In Britain, um, there was slow moves towards socialism, but it was mostly just reorganization. In France, um, the impact of the Depression came pretty late. Uh, think of the Dawes plan. They were getting a ton of money. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, definite 
in all all countries there's an increase in in, in class tension and there's going to be in France for the first time the birth of radical right movements and there's there's going to be a um, a connection to fascism which then this threat of fascism then led to the start of the Popular Front in 1936, which basically was a coalition of Republican, Socialist, and Communist, so it's a little more on the left. Uh, the leader is Leon Blum, and he was very, very much inspired by the U.S., even introduced a plan called the French New Deal. So that then plummets us into Spain, and if you, know, if you take Spanish, I'm sure you talked about this in, in class, but you know Spain was deeply hit by the depression and that resulted in an extremely polarized country um you have two groups you have the nationalists and then you had the republicans the nationalists were roman catholic landowners and then the republicans were the urban workers educated middle class there were other groups but those are just the two big groups that i think are important to know about um by 1934 there is just uh, riots, labor conflict, and strikes, um, and so this is suppressed by a general by the name of Francisco Franco. He went to military school. He wasn't very smart. Um, he ended up being stationed in Morocco. Um, that was a protectorate of Spain, and um, he, he really rose within the Spanish army while he was in Morocco. Um, 1931, the king of Spain, Alfonso, is um, disposed. Basically, he's ousted. And a moderate Republican government was was established. Um, just like every other country we've talked about, the first time they have some sort of republic or democracy or new type of government, it's really, really difficult. So by 1936, there's a shift to the left. Um, Franco was um, in the Canary Islands. And <clears throat> this is where the plot was discussed to overthrow the government. Um, and he eventually makes this announcement from the Canary Islands um, about this nationalist manifesto about you know overthrowing the government and establishing um, um, basically <laughs> himself and the nationalist forces as head of state. Um, he flew to Morocco. He took control of groups there. Also, very very important, he had support from Nazi Germany and Mussolini in Italy. So in October of 1936, he. Um, declared him and the nationalist forces declared Franco as the head of state and this is what triggered the Spanish Civil War. Um, for about three years Franco and his nationalist forces fought the Republicans. Um, on April 1st 1939 um, Franco announced the end of the Spanish Civil War. It's believed about 500,000 were dead. Um, I have up here a, an image, um, it's from a painting um, called Guernica, and it's, it's the violence was, was atrocious, um, you know, very, very important, but Hitler used the Spanish Civil War to test out um, his, his jets, uh, Luzwanza is that what we're going to call him when we, when we get to the start of World War II, um, really, really um, horrible, um, just atrocities that were, were committed. Um, one other thing I want to add is um, most other countries were too busy worrying about the Great Depression to get involved. Um, however, there were um, 40,000 foreign fighters, including 2,800 Americans, that fought against fascism um, in the Spanish Civil War. Um, the, those Americans referred to themselves as the American Lincoln or Abraham Lincoln Brigade. Oh, so that's, that's, that's your fun fact for the day. Um, 
Basically, Franco is going to rule for almost four decades. He took on the title of El Caudillo, um, very repressive dictatorship, secret police. Um, he was neutral in World War II. However, he was sympathetic to the Axis powers. Um, end of the war, um, really tricky because um, he is very much against Stalin. Um, so where does he put, where does that put us with with you know with America? Um, anyway, we will pick up with that. Um, I know you don't enjoy these. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye.